I'm joined now by filmmaker Colin Trevorrow, known for many films, including 2012's Safety Not Guaranteed and 2022's Jurassic World Dominion. Colin, thanks for being here with me. Thanks for having me. Colin, I'd like to start by asking you about the trajectory of your career. When did you realize that you wanted to be a filmmaker? I was one of those kids uh, in the late 80s who was running around with uh, a really oversized video camera uh, initially that you had to carry almost a, a briefcase alongside it that had a videotape in it uh, making movies. And, and, and we would shoot on VHS and then we would have to go and, and edit between uh, two VHS recorders. You press play on one and record on the other to make an edit. And then when once you did that, you couldn't go back and change your edit. So a lot of young people today are used to you know, being able to, to second guess one of their choices. Uh, we didn't have that. So the, the, whatever cut we made uh, was it. And that's where it all began. Do you remember what your first film was about? Uh, yeah, it was it was in it was it was kind of nonsense. They were all nonsense, but um, that particular one involved uh, a guy at the very end who had already been in, in an accident and and was in crutches and had had a hard time over the course of the movie, and then went walked into the middle of the street and was hit by a second car, and uh, we had uh, my buddy Joe Penrod, his dad drove down the street uh, in their Jeep Cherokee, uh, and we had made a dummy that we put out there in crutches that we stood up in the middle of the street. And he hit this thing real hard. And I always felt really terrible because the woman across the street who just sent her son out to play tennis and assumed uh, that that was him in the middle of the street. And there's a scream that you hear from her in the movie, here in the background. And I've always felt terrible. So if, if she happens to listen to this, I'm sorry. I apologize again. That was in the Bay Area? That was in Oakland. Yeah, Oakland. And uh, I went to Piedmont High, Piedmont schools because my mom uh, my mom had a daycare up there. And so my, my parents were – my mom ran a daycare and was a photographer. And my father uh, took care of the elderly in San Francisco, underprivileged elderly uh, for the city and then was a musician. So kind of the combination of uh, photography and music and then just management of people and their emotional needs who are both either you know babies or very old I think uh, prepped me well for, for my job. And so now your parents live here in the county. Mm -hmm. Did you have any connection to the Sierra Nevada before your parents moved here? Uh, only in that we'd get to come here. Um, when I was young, we you know, back where uh, I went to school, they had ski week and all the other kids got to go on ski week. And I always really resented it because we couldn't afford to <laughs> go skiing. And so whenever ski week would happen, there was this kind of sense of a, a lack of justice for those of us uh, who, who couldn't go skiing. And we, we stayed home and, and uh, just hung around the neighborhood. Uh, and uh, so I didn't get to come up here in that way when I was younger. But now uh, I've gotten to. It's obviously one of the most beautiful places on earth. Um, my kids who live in, in the United Kingdom in, in, in England, we live out in the British countryside uh, close to London. And they, you know, to them, they've spent most of their lives outside of America. So it's kind of a foreign country. So to get to bring them here and show them all of this for the first time is very meaningful to me. As a quick aside, as a parent, do you notice that for your kids, a bit of culture shock? I, we try to keep them, uh, I mean, my, my wife is French and I'm American, so they're, they're really dialed into both countries in a way. But I don't think there's a way to explain to a child uh, or even show pictures to a child of how beautiful it is here uh, and how vast and expansive it is and, and that sense that the horizon goes on forever and the skies are massive. And, and uh, with all due respect to, to England and where we live, it's not that way. It's a very specifically, you know, an American Western feeling. And so seeing them experience that for the first time uh, is pretty exciting. So you started making films young on VHS in Oakland. Yep. Now you're making Hollywood blockbusters. Tell me about the trajectory of your career. Um, well, 
uh, I went to uh, I went to NYU for college, and I was very focused on film. And I, I the other thing I, when I was doing when I was young was singing a lot and being in theater. And I I was in the San Francisco Opera when I was a little boy. I was on you know in the opera chorus, and so I got to see how uh, people who uh, performed the craft of of acting and singing and just being an artist in general. It wasn't really glamorous. It wasn't what you imagined it was. It was it was it was a real job, and they'd come there at night, and then a guy would drive a truck during the day because uh, that opera chorus uh, salary wasn't enough. And so it it really instilled a sense of of reality uh, for me in all of it, and uh, that really. It really did help guide me along the way, especially in thinking about how I communicate with other people and, and interact with people who work with me on my crews and all of that. Like, uh, it's the glamour is not what you'd think it is. And so I, I went up through NYU. I started writing and I focused on writing uh, for a long time. And I actually, my first uh, after you know a good five years after I got married of, of my wife. Uh, covering all of the expenses and me making not a dollar and just being that guy who was like, baby, I'm going to buy you a house someday. I'm telling you, just trust me and try to believe in this dream. And you don't want to be, you know, it's it's hard to be that guy. Uh, and yet um, she did believe in, and I, I sold a screenplay, uh, you know, to Steven Spielberg's company, to DreamWorks and uh, this producer, Walter Parks. And and then I sold another one and then I got other jobs and, and things started going better. And, and I actually have, I did buy her house. It happened. Happy ending. It had a happy ending. Yeah, it took a while, but we did it. So what are you working on now? Can you tell me about anything that's in the works? Um, I'm working on a few things. Um, I'm, one of those things is uh, a uh, movies about Atlantis. I'm, I'm really into Atlantis. It's always been something I've been fascinated with, but not you know some underwater magical place with you know tridents and stuff, but our actual first civilization as if we all did this once before and there was a radio station there. <laughs> and uh, you know, they had vehicles and you know and animals and, and weapons and all the stuff that we have in politics and uh, and then it all fell into the sea, you know, a great disaster that no one could have uh, expected uh, befell this civilization as I think we all fear sometimes, you know, one might befall our own. So I'm uh, I'm creating uh, characters and a story within that world and it's something that's been really invigorating. That's exciting. I've also read that you and your writing partner, uh, Derek Connolly. Yeah. You guys were tapped for the remake of Flight of the Navigator. It's true. Which is sure. like the original is one of my favorite movies especially as a kid. It's still in my top 100. Where is that? I know exactly where it is. I, just because I I still um, – my friend Bryce Dallas Howard is attached to direct that movie and she's been working with writers on it and we're probably not supposed to talk about it, but we do talk about it. And, and I love uh, hearing her take on it and where she wants to go with it. And uh, we that was at a time when you know the opportunity to just write a screenplay for something uh, as – as kids who grew up uh, during that era, um, it was very personal, and and I that was early in the days of of me navigating uh, the rough waters of of doing new versions of the things that we love, uh, and and uh, a whole generation that I'm a part of. I'm 46 now, and uh, those of us who grew up uh, civically during the 80s uh, hold uh, the movies that we saw during that time very close to our hearts. Uh, it's it really is. Uh, it's almost uh, a belief system, some of it. Uh, and I think that stories and myths uh, can become that and they have become that historically and they've 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 helped people you know move forward in their lives and given them something to believe in. And I think just because those stories were told very recently in our history, we can't imagine that those will have that same impact. But I do think they they have and they will. I think that Star Wars and 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 I think now Marvel for a generation, Harry Potter, and all these myths uh, really are are becoming something that uh, generation after generation uh, believe in. 
So as mentioned, you have a, a person that you collaborate regularly with. As I understand it, you met as both interns at Saturday Night Live. We did. We were interns. Interns represent uh, – it's uh, a time in life that <laughs> you should uh, – although it you know may seem um, endless, like putting those labels on, on pieces of postage, uh, you're also uh, getting to immerse yourself in what it is to be a working professional uh, in the place that you love. And, and that was – it was really a seminal time for me, uh, not just that you know, I met Derek Connolly, who I worked with for, for a long time and, and um, – especially with Safety Not Guarantee, which we're so proud of. Um, but I just got to see, much like being in the opera, I got to see how people who do what I wanted to do, uh, do what they do. Uh, and I'm so, uh, I'm so glad that I got to do it. Just quickly talking about that film. The, the film is based on sort of a gag classified ad. Yeah. The editor needed to fill space. And now it's become sort of this cultural artifact. How did you guys get wind of that story? Uh, it really it was like a, the first meme movie in a way, uh, and Derek had seen it and sent it to me, and it did tell a whole story in its five sentences. And Derek was was smart enough to to have the instinct to, to write about it. And, and where it initially came from is we were you know we were already writing stuff together, and we were making a living doing it. And yet I knew I wanted to direct, and and we also didn't want to just be doing what our, our agents at the time were asking us to do, which was on the very day that he decided he was going to write this. We'd been to our agency and they'd said, listen, here's what you got to do. Go to, you know, go to a department store, go to Walmart, a toy store, walk down the aisle and pick a toy and write a movie about that toy. It doesn't matter what it is. And we were like, okay, like <laughs> this might be it for us. Like we might have to go home. And so we were on the parking garage of the agency and Derek was like, you know, if it's about a brand, like I know something that's a brand to people like me, because if it's just something you look at all the time and see and you know, what if we go find this guy out in the woods of Oregon and see if we can get the rights to this classified ad he wrote for his survivalist magazine, uh, which is not a sentence that had been said up until that point. And, <laughs> and the movie was also kind of about uh, that in a way. And I had to do it. I, I went and I, I met John Silvera was his name. And he actually met me in Vermont where I lived at the time. And uh, we couldn't be from, you know, he, he's really, you know, he's he's a libertarian survivalist and he writes a magazine about how to prepare for the end of the world. And I, you know, grew up in, in Oakland and went to NYU and lived in Vermont and as liberal as they come. And we couldn't be that different. And yet uh, we'd had a great connection. And and uh, he he did give us the rights to that ad. And we wrote this movie and it turned into something really special. And so you two were both recognized for that film. And as mentioned, you guys have written together. He's written. You've directed. What do you prefer? Do you prefer writing alone? Do you prefer writing with a partner? Tell me about that. Uh, I prefer writing with a partner. Uh, I just wrote something alone this year for the first time in probably 12, 12 plus years, uh, maybe even 14 years. Uh, and and it was it was amazing. I had to do it. I, I came out of we made the last uh, Jurassic movie, and I had this feeling like I just wanted to write something original myself, just to prove to myself that I belong on the field still. Uh, that I'm, I'm, I don't want to just become a supervisor. Like I want to I want to belong there and, and have a reason why I uh, I exist. And so I wrote something. And then I've also been co-writing with uh, a lot of younger people, uh, younger writers who uh, are great and whose writing I love, but. Uh, Say we have something like Atlantis uh, with Charmaine DeGratte, who's writing that. Uh, this guy, Matt Owens, who's doing another project and doing a Paramount. Uh, these are great writers, probably 15 years, 10, 15 years younger than me. Uh, and I'm now in the place where I can give them an opportunity and, and give them a place where we can really you know, tackle a, a movie that will have a significant budget, like really play in that crazy space that you don't get to play in. Uh, and I love that 
place that I'm finally at. I have a gray beard now. Uh, I'm not I'm not the young man I was, but I I get to give opportunity, which I I really didn't have the ability to do before. You started with VHS, but one of your first successes is home base, sure, which was online. Yeah. How do you think the internet has shaped Hollywood or or the industry in general? Uh, well, just the ability to have anything that ever existed at any given moment in time available to you is something that's only been true for what the past eight or nine years. It's really recent in human history. Sure. And so you've got to, you know, my kids uh, have grown up in a world where it, there's just, you know, there's everything right there. And we had this sense of anticipation when something was coming out that we heard about. It was like a mystery and you saw the ad in the newspaper and you waited in line for it and you saw it. And then when it was done, it went away and you might not ever be able to see it again. And so there was just this sense of everything uh, being an event uh, that I that I do miss. And whenever it happens, uh, it's very exciting just to be able to try and manufacture that for kids, that sense of an event and uh, them telling their parents, I got to go see this thing or even you know, people my age feeling like I got to go out of the house, which I don't do that often, <laughs> and see this thing. That's my new challenge. Can I, can I give you a reason to come out of the house? Colin, as you know, there's a film festival here and there's a lot of aspiring filmmakers. Before I let you go, what would you say to aspiring filmmakers today? Any words of wisdom? You know, honestly, I, I feel like we're at a similar moment um, to the late 60s, early 70s in Hollywood where the people running the show uh, don't really know what the young audience wants anymore. Uh, they they try to figure it out and everyone is, is kind of remaking new versions of things that have worked before in an attempt to grab this new audience. But what happened then is that a new generation of young filmmakers who knew what they wanted to watch came up and they told all that older generation, here's what they want to see. Just let us do this stuff. And I feel like there's a need for that right now. So if you're a filmmaker and you feel like you know uh, what your generation wants to see, I promise you, nobody else does. So... (laughs) Get out there and 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 make stuff and and make your voice heard because because there is an opportunity in this moment. Colin, it's been a delight. Thanks, Thank man. you. Absolutely.